Sandra, my friend. Thank you for joining the podcast. I am really excited to talk to you. And I have to share with the audience that um, you and I have been friends since we were itty bitty. Yes. (laughs) Very itty bitty. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And it's just such a amazing moment right now for me to be talking to you about um about the work that you do uh i love the fact that we have both kind of carved out spaces in the areas of of healing and mental health and um so i'm just very important it's it's a very important conversation i'm very excited to be chatting with you today so i'm gonna bounce it to you just to give us an introduction who you are what you do and the impact you're looking to make on the world Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I, it is, it's very surreal to sit here and like, I feel like I'm seeing two-year-old Angela and then now it's like, here you are. Like, it's amazing. It's so um, it's pretty cool that we're able to do this together and on this platform. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, but yeah, so uh, my name is Kendra Vargas. I'm a psychotherapist, um, certified perinatal mental health professional. Um, and I have a telehealth practice here in Illinois called Authentically You Psychotherapy, um, which was recently launched this year. Um, but I, uh, I've been in the world of private practice for about five or six years and then worked in community mental health and um, hospital outpatient clinics. But um, right now, a lot of my focus is working with the perinatal population, um, people struggling to conceive, people... Um, you know, with postpartum depression or just trying to navigate, you know, parenthood or transitions through all that, through the whole process. So um, that's a lot of where my support is, um, as well as just general mental health as well, like anxiety and depression outside of um, the perinatal world. But a big focus is, and passion, personal passion, um, is the perinatal world for me. Um, It's something I've had personal experience with infertility, and it led me down this path of wanting to help others and give support and kind of use, you know, my platform and as a therapist um, to be able to get certified in this area um, and find different ways to help. So, you know, the, the goal is to spread knowledge, you know, break stigmas, um, start conversations, educate, And whatever way that is, you know, whatever platform that is, whether it's in a one-on-one session, whether it's in group therapy, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's Mm -hmm. through things like this, through a podcast, I think, you know, the, the benefit of our field is like, we can give help and give information and provide that to people in so many different ways, even though we're trained to, you know, in a very specific setting, but there's so much more that we can do. So I, you know, I, I really just hope to keep breaking the stigma of mental health. And especially when I think about like the black and brown communities, um, there's a lot of disparities and, um, you know, the numbers are alarming. So I think the more we can have these conversations and talk about it, you know, I think the better. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason why I was, you know, other than you're a good friend of mine and um, Mm -hmm. really value your knowledge and opinion on this topic um, was because I don't think a lot of people know what perinatal even means. I don't think that organizations and workplaces understand the experience from Mm -hmm. um, people who are able to conceive, but also people who are, you know, experiencing um, this. And 
work is something that takes up a lot of our lives. So how can we make sure that we understand this part of the human experience? Um, so let's start there. Um, yeah. Tell us more about what perinatal yeah. means and from a yeah. mental health perspective, the implications. Yeah. So perinatal, basically that period is from pregnancy to postpartum. So anything from trying to conceive, getting pregnant, hopefully, right? And then that pregnancy period, once you have the baby and then a year after postpartum is that period. Um, so those are really crucial times and the times where perinatal mood and anxiety disorders can show up. Um, and it's it's very common. I mean, one in five women have a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder, and I believe it's one in 10 men. Um, so I think we tend to forget about uh, the dads sometimes when we're talking about this, um, but paternal uh, mental health is just as important. So yeah, it's basically anything in that period. So someone trying to conceive if there's any struggles there, there's a lot of things that can start to come up um, and that can be difficult to manage where jobs can come in and play a big role in that and how to support people through those periods. Yeah. And, and what's, I mean, and I know these are kind of basic questions, but yeah. what are the the causes other than the, the obvious, like big life yeah. change or not yeah. being able to conceive or are there any like causes or, or drivers of this experience for people? Uh, I think it kind of goes back to basically like with mental health, there can be a genetic compa component, a psychological component, environmental. Um, but I think, you know, speaking even from personal experience, going through fertility treatments and not knowing if it's going to work or, you know, um, if you're ever going to get to that end goal, you know, the stress of that, um, how much that impacts you. And then if you think about while you're going through all of these things and trying to conceive and coming up through all these different, you know, complications or whatever the case is, then you have work to worry about trying to get to work on time and trying to make sure you're not missing, you know, and dropping the ball there. So it, there's a lot of things that can contribute to the stress that's already there, you know, just with the basics of trying to conceive, you know? Yeah. And I just want to also acknowledge the fact that, um, you know, for, um, people who can conceive in particular, yeah. who are trying to conceive, you yeah. also have the additional stressor of how the workplace is going to react to yes. once you get to that goal. So yes. not only do you have the stress of, of trying to figure out if you can conceive and then, yeah. and then having to worry about the system and how the system treats people who are having to go yes. on maternity leave. Yeah. Um, so that's just another factor that has to be an added stressor on top of just Absolutely. trying to make a life decision and wondering if that life decision can actually come true. Absolutely. And everybody's journey is so different and people experience pregnancy in such different ways, right? Not everybody's like glowing and just feeling so wonderful and, you know, feeling so beautiful. And, and, and you know, it, it, not everyone goes through that or even after they have the baby, people may come back to work. You know, I think I often find people have a hard time when they return and they, people ask, oh my gosh, how are you? How's your baby? And they don't give the typical response of what you expect. It's hard. I'm sad. I don't know what I'm doing. I like, like, and then people don't know how to respond to that. But if there's a culture where that's already set in place, where like you can have those conversations, right? And that's a lot of, I think what we will get into is just having a, a culture where that allows that, you know, and not to come in feeling like awkward to talk about those experiences. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that. It's, um, mm -hmm. I've talked to so many women who, and I, I don't have kids myself. I haven't mm -hmm. been through the experience, but, mm -hmm. um, I've just had some really real conversations with people who have had 
children yeah. and they're like yeah. you know what when when the baby was in my arms i i was i just passed it off i was so sad and just like overwhelmed i didn't have that moment of like i'm right. glowing and this is wonderful and and i think you know, I think we also have to realize that um, from a workplace perspective and a societal perspective, we're putting yes. a lot of we're putting a lot of pressure to to behave a certain way, which is not everyone's experience either. Exactly. Yeah, there there's a lot of different factors, contributing factors to why that experience might not look like what we expect it to look like or, um, you know, we may not be following things the way society says we should, um, you know, a, a big one is, yeah, the reaction that you have when you have a baby, everyone expects there to be this huge level of excitement and, or the reaction to, you know, the choice of whether to breastfeed or not breastfeed, right. And the pressure that society puts on, you know, breast is best. And maybe you're struggling with that, or maybe that's not anything you're really interested in doing. You know, I mean, there's so many different pieces to it that can add on to that stress um, as you're already trying to navigate parenting at that point in this new child in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so how do you think, let's start with, um, how do you think workplaces are failing to acknowledge this experience? Well, that's layered. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. You know, I think, you know, employers, they should have a, a duty of care to their staff, right? Like, mm. and, you know, I know you talk a lot about workplace culture and what that should look like. And I don't think employers are creating environments where this information is being discussed or these topics are coming up or, you know, it. I don't think I think it tends to people kind of step away from it or don't want to get involved. Like employers kind of take mm -hmm. the backseat, like, oh, I'm going to, you know, they're doing that. They told us, great. Okay. And we're going to mm -hmm. kind of put our hands up and they're focused more on, you know, when are you going to return? What does this look like for the company? You know, are you going to still be meeting your deadlines? I mean, just the pressure. Mm -hmm. It's like, when are you coming back from maternity leave? Right. All, I mean, it's, which I get it from the employer side, like that's important. But how about a check-in, right? Like a simple check-in. How are you doing with all of this, right? Like I think they're just missing the ball and like the, the communication from the employers to the employee aren't happening. And then I think they can do a better job with informing staff or, you know, how, whether it's sending out emails of, you know, National Infertility Awareness Week or, you know, paternal dad depression or, you know, just things, information. I just think we just kind of take the back seat. Um, hmm. and, I, and that's a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, you know, um, you know, you, you talk about just like general benefits, right. And, and, and who are they benefiting and, and things right. like that. But, right. um, you know, I think one of the things that is really important is making sure you have a paternity leave policy, not just a maternity yeah. leave policy, because if yeah. you can imagine, um, you know, the person who is conceiving or having the baby obviously needs yeah. a lot of support regardless yeah. of who that is. Yep. And if that person has a partner, um, right. there needs to be some inclusivity around yes. ensuring that support is within the home um, yes. and and making it okay and role modeling. That's the other thing. Um, I've yes. seen way too many organizations that have maybe a paternity mm -hmm. policy, yeah. but your CEO isn't taking it. Your right. executive team isn't taking Absolutely. it because, oh, that's not... I have a wife at home who, you know, is able to take care of the baby. She's good. Like right. that's right. right. You have to role model these behaviors for people Absolutely. to and kind of disrupt the status quo a little bit. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but also I think, um, you know, if you think about like baby showers, like there's always this like celebratory, um, and it should be, this should be something mm -hmm. to celebrate. But I think that, you know, when life changes happen, I think it really has to be on the terms of the person who's experiencing it. Yes. Um, you may be having a really um, traumatic and challenging pregnancy. So, you know, if everyone's gonna be like, oh, we're going to be throwing you a baby shower or, you know, it, it just may not be, read the room, you know, it may yes, not be the right yes. time. Yes. And so you can't read the room unless you talk to people and check in with them. Exactly. And I think anytime you just ask, is this something, here's what we'd love to do for you, yes. but we want this to be your choice. What do you feel comfortable with? Right? Like, what do you need? Because yeah, sometimes just the thought of a baby shower is overwhelming because there's so much anxiety about being pregnant or there's already signs of depression that are starting and they just can't get that feeling of joy and excitement and and then to have the guilt and shame for not feeling that, but everyone around them is feeling it, right? There's so many layers of things that are happening in that moment. So yeah, I think if employers could just do a better job of checking in, asking what they need, what do they want things to look like, you know, and how can we support you and, and not having that conversation just one time, it's more than once, it's constant, you know? Um, and I think, I think, again, it's just having that supportive, inclusive culture, if you already have that in place and the communication is already there and people already feel comfortable going to their employers about these things um, or recognizing that people may not want to share and respecting that as well and still being able to offer support, I think we'd be in a better position where people can feel a little less stressed when having to walk into the door at work. Hmm. Yeah, and I think the realization that, you know, perinatal is really just, from my understanding, kind of the, this this full span end to end of mm -hmm. this experience of this huge life change. Um, mm -hmm. You know, from trying to conceive to even the the post, yep. You know, experience. And so, talk a little bit about that post experience. Um, yeah, and what that could be like. Yeah. So, you know, when I work with my perinatal clients, um, after they have a baby, I, I make sure to check in with them, especially that first month. Um, the first two weeks, I always educate people like most people experience the baby blues those first two weeks. You're just a little off. You're a little weepy, right? Someone might say something and you just might start crying. And I, I went through it. I remember that feeling. Um, and so it's good, you know, for people to know to expect that, for their partners to expect that. Um, but once once we get past that two week period, if we're still seeing signs of, you know, not feeling connected to the baby or you know, very like obsessive thinking, like constantly checking in on the baby, right? Like the stress of that or not being able to sleep at night. Let's face it, there's not a lot of sleeping at that time, but <laughs> not being able to sleep for reasons because, you know, you're in this like obsessive, you know, thinking that won't stop and you're just ruminating in your thoughts. And, you know, um, there, there's a lot of things that can happen. And so usually within, after those first two weeks, we know people are going to be, you know, again, a little off, a little different. Um, but if it continues on past that two weeks, we usually, that's where we check in and see like, is let's make sure we keep talking about it. Let's make sure your supports are in place. Let's make sure our meds needed. Like there's a lot of different things um, that can come into place um, for that. Yeah. And, you know, I would think from a, um, from a, a workplace perspective, you know, I, I think about maternity leave or paternity leave. And yeah. what are your thoughts yeah. on the length of time that is oh. typical? <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on that's a whole nother podcast. It's yeah. horrible. We have it so wrong here. 
It's so wrong. I have friends that live in other countries and just have like the most beautiful experience, like in terms of having six months off or I mean, even a year or, you know, leaving the hospital with no hospital bills. And, you know, I, it's just, there's so many things that we just unfortunately don't have right here. Um, so yeah, I mean, sure we can get 12 weeks if that, and you know, it's, it's frustrating. I have to check myself sometimes when I have my clients are like, you know, like, I know I get my 12 weeks, but I'm probably thinking like probably about five or six weeks I should go back. And I'm just like, no, you know, like, no, don't take the time, you know, but you know, when someone's very, you know, and focused on their business, I get that. And I have to recognize that too. Right. And recognize that's my stuff too, but it's your baby is just maybe trying to, it might be sleeping a little bit more at 12 weeks, right? Like maybe, I mean, I remember going back to work, checking the video cam, you know, while I'm like sitting at my office pumping and feeling so tired because sure, she gave me two nights of like a five hour streak, but then it was like up every two hours, right? And then here you are, you have to go back to work and try to focus. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. And the and paternal, I mean, it's it's getting better. But a lot of people, it's still pretty much non-existent or you just, you don't get paid, right? I didn't get paid on my maternity leave. I didn't get a single dollar. So mm -hmm. the stress, right? The financial stress. And, and that's the thing. I understand, I think employers, if they are unable to provide those types of benefits, like paid time off, but maternity leave, paternity leave, things like that. Um, there's more though that you can do like, I, and you know, I get it. It's, it's up to the company. It's up to the business. Um, thankfully we live in Illinois where there are a lot of benefits of living here. Um, especially like people going through fertility treatments. We're one of, I think it's 18 States that are mandated to give some sort of fertility coverage. Um, again, it's up to the employers and the businesses, but there's usually something here that's a lot of people come here to go through like their treatments, but there's just a lot, um, there's a lot in it that can be done better in terms of the leaves and what's provided on those leaves, whether they're paid, unpaid. Um, yeah, we could do better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, mm -hmm. just hearing you talk about the, the length of time, um, and it's not just about, you know, because we call it a disability when we, right. you know, when we when right. we record this, right? And we think about it as like a temporary disability and it's physical. And mm -hmm. I think that's what usually guides yeah. the amount of time when what I'm hearing from this conversation, and I agree, um, is that it is also mental and it's also a part of mental health. And if you are a, an organization who is preaching wellness and mental right. health and trying to do better Think right. about the, the full experience for both parents yes. going through this process. And then the, obviously the, the added stress of just this life transition, not just right. having the baby, right. but life transition right. and what that actually does to your attention span, to your ability to sleep. I mean, I would recommend, obviously I would advocate for more time. Like if you mm -hmm. have a maternity or paternity leave policy, mm -hmm. add more time to it. I mean, please, <laughs> um, because mm -hmm. your people need it and are probably not even being as productive as you think they are because they're internally struggling and it's not sustainable for either parent, right. especially right. a single parent. Think about a single parent, right? right. right. Um, I think the other piece is, you know, even if you can't reduce the amount of time, I think you can provide some equitable transition 
options, Mm -hmm. flexibility options for the new parent. And that might mean, you know what, you're going to be part-time for 10 more weeks or give that option, or you can do, you know, four tens or, you know, I think there has to be something else that follows it if, because it needs to be a transition back to reintegrate into um, work with this new life change that's happened to you. Absolutely. And I think it starts, you know, if you're looking back at someone trying to conceive, um, I, my area of focus and specialty is in fertility treatment. So a lot of times I'm helping people figure out ways to communicate to their employers how much flexibility they need, because you have to go in in the morning for appointments. You have to give yourself shots, right? So trying to get to work on time when you have to go to the fertility office to get your blood work drawn, get to work, make sure you get your shots done because there's a time frame, right? There's so much. It's such a fast moving day. So, and then there's side effects, right? So, um, and then there's financial, right? Yes. If you, if you, if you don't, your insurance doesn't cover fertility treatments and you're paying $15,000, right? There, there's just layers. And, and I, I always say that the layers to the, to this stuff is it's heavy and it gets heavy and people feel that heaviness. And so I think if employers can understand, okay, great. We're requiring, like I have a client right now, they're requiring them to come back in the office three days a week. Um, and she just had a loss. She had a failed transfer and now she's trying to go through another fertility treatment and she's more stressed. She recently got on medication because her anxiety just got to be so much and she's got a very important role in her job and she just felt the pressure. And I said, let's put something together and put some requests together, right? Her doctor, we're all coordinating to support this person because it's a lot right now. So she's like, you know, I can make it in one day a week. I can do that, but I can't do three. I know I can't, right? And I'm, and I know I'm doing my work well at home, but like, I just can't, you know? So sometimes it's just starting even from that point on. And then throughout, I've had people extend their accommodations to whatever extent they're getting into the pregnancy and then postpartum too, into once the baby comes, like sometimes, and, and, Companies are getting better, I will say. They, they A lot of, from what I'm experiencing, they are starting to get a lot better with the flexibility and understanding scheduling and, um, you know, just not not adding more and trying to help remove things opposed to adding more. So we're getting there. We're getting there. But I think if, if employers can just be supportive in that way and be flexible, you know, what would, what would, look, what would it look like for you to mm-hmm. not feel the stress anymore? What, is there anything we can do on our end? And let us know if, if it's a no, then maybe it's a no, but maybe there's something else we can do. Like we can figure this out and think they just have to be more flexible in that way. Yeah. And I think this, just having this information to, and I think when we, when we thought about maternity leave or we thought about flexibility, we didn't, we didn't think about the concept of fertility treatment. We thought about, well, yeah, of course you're someone with a uterus who could have a baby you're right. at childbearing age, you're going to have a baby, right? And that's mm-hmm. it. And it's like, well, no, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who who can do not have that luxury. Right. And right. they additional intervention intervention is needed. Right. And it's painful, it messes with your hormones. It, it requires appointments like every week. Um, imagine what that can do to a person who is already right. trying to work a full time job, exactly trying to manage all these things. So I always talk about like leaning on choice for people. And that's why I feel like, you know, people who are asking, employers who are asking people to come back to the office arbitrarily, Mm -hmm. um, 
just think about all these different scenarios, all these things that are happening in people's lives. It could be fertility mm-hmm. treatment, but it could also be a sick parent. It could be mm-hmm. that they're caregiving for a sick relative. It could be that they have mental health issues. So exactly, all of those things can be can be not solved, but can be alleviated if workplaces would just give people choice and flexibility. And so if you're listening to this and you're not giving flexibility, (laughs) ask, ask why, like, what is, what, why is the paradigm still kind of in your head that that needs to happen? Because usually when you give people flexibility, they're able to manage their time in a way to still meet all the different goals in their life, including work, but including maybe trying to have a baby. Right. Right. So how can I want to kind of close today with, um, Cause there's going to be people, there's going to be employers, listening leaders, people who yeah. like have decision making power to right. make these decisions, but also people who are listening, who are like, Oh my gosh, I'm going through this right now. How mm-hmm. can I advocate for mm-hmm. myself? So what mm-hmm. um, recommendations do you have for those folks who want to advocate um, yeah. their, their perinatal journey? Yeah. Well, I think from an employer standpoint, you have to remember you have a duty, right? Like, and Mm -hmm. I think you have to remember, I think it's important to look at your policies that are in place right now and recognizing, are there any policies that we have in place that can be adding to the stress of people who might be going through these experiences? Absence policy, right? Mandate Mm -hmm. policy of scheduling, right? All those kind of things. I mean, employers should constantly be reviewing their policies and hopefully making changes to them. So I think that's a big part of for on the employer side is the flexibility, looking into your policies, your benefits. Is there any room, right? Is there any room to, to make some changes and some edits? Um, and I think on the employee side, um, there's a lot of, I think just communicate, have that communication again, hopefully on the employer side, they've created a culture where um, it's inclusive. There's room for conversations. There's, you know, not, things going on where, you know, you're being, uh, your role is going to change because you spoke up about something, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. hopefully it's not a toxic workplace where you can have these conversations, but I think being able to write down, making a list of things that you need, whether you feel like you need to work from home occasionally, or you might not be able to make this one meeting that, you know, whatever it is, any, I think I'd, I'd encourage people to sit down and where, wherever they are in their treatment Mm -hmm. process or in their pregnancy, and look at what do I need? What would be helpful for me when I think about work? Is there anything that's adding to the stress of work? Is there anything that would, if if it were eliminated, that it would help me and help me not feel this stress or this anxiety Um, and and communicate it? You know, again, I think people are so afraid to communicate because they're afraid of hearing no or no, we can't do that. But no doesn't mean just no in that sense, right? Okay, what can we do? What, What are some other options? So I just encourage people to talk to them or, or use your resources too. If you have an um, OB-GYN who you trust or a therapist that you see, they can help advocate and, and help you through that process too. Yeah. And I, and I would just also advocate that um, stress impacts the ability to conceive. So, absolutely, you know, this is about, this is also about um, kind of this perpetual cycle of, you know, sustainability and, and the humans you're employing within your workplace. And right. if you're causing additional stress, you're probably making it not only you're probably making it not only harder on the person, mm-hmm. but also they're gonna have to continue to get fertility treatments because they can't get into a state where right. their bodies are even ready. So right. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I really appreciate you telling us more about this really important topic, this experience that many people are having within your workplaces right now. Yeah. And I think your um, advice on reviewing your policies, ensuring that there's flexibility and choice, um, you know, and just some tips for people to advocate for themselves, because yeah. sometimes, you know, there is a lack of awareness around this experience. Um, Absolutely. So, and I always tell I people, really, wave, you know, wave a magic wand. What, what would it look like? Right. The magic wand miracle question. <laughs> if you didn't have any of this, what would, what would that feel like? What would it look like? Right. What going into work, what would that look like for you? If you didn't have to worry about any of these things. Okay. So how do we, let's break that down and see if there's anything we can do to, to help implement some of that stuff. Um, you never know, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it never hurts to ask. And if right. you are in a position where you feel unsafe to ask because you think right. your job is going to be at risk, uh, you're probably in the wrong place. Yes. So <laughs> I was going to say that too, but I didn't know how much, you know, might be time to reconsider yes. <laughs> the position yeah. or the company. That's, that's sometimes is an option too, you know? Yeah. yeah and, and I truly believe that and, and say that to people because yeah, yeah if, if you can't have an open conversation about a life decision that you think is going to impact you because someone right. is going to think you're not going to be able to be as valuable, like you're in the wrong place. You're absolutely, absolutely. in the wrong place. So um, Kendra, I absolutely love this conversation. Um, we will be sure to put your information in the show notes so that people okay. can find you if they're in this position, if they're having this experience, or if you're an employer who wants to offer yeah. some of these services to your people. Um, yeah. You know, Kendra would be a wonderful resource, um, you know, for a program like that. So we're going to include that in the show notes. Awesome. And then tell us just how we can find you. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, the website for the practice authentically you psychotherapy is aypsych.com. Um, I also have an Instagram for the business, which is AU Psychotherapy. That's A Y O U Psychotherapy. Um, and then if anyone has questions or wants information on anything at all, um, my email is Kendra at aypsych.com. Wonderful. Well, Kendra, thank you so much. Really appreciate your insight. And uh, we'll be happy you. to have you back on the podcast anytime. Yes. Um, thank you so much. This is really important. And I hope, um, you know, even if one person is able to walk away today and feel empowered to have a conversation or make a change, you know, I think that's, you know, that's why we do the work we do. Right?